After four years of being removed from the public eye, Chris Envy, the fearless leader of Dynasty Wrestling, is once again making his return to the professional wrestling world. This is the Envy Me Podcast. This is the Envy Me Podcast. Taking you through the rise, fall, and rise again of one of the Northeast's most respected pros. From in the ring to out of the ring, brace yourself to hear some of the most insane stories ever told. And you'll get them right from the source. Real, real, raw, raw, unfiltered. This is Envy Me, a Dynasty podcast. Co-hosted by Travis Manning. Now, here he is. This is Chris Envy. Welcome to MV Me, a Dynasty podcast. I'm Travis Manny, alongside the host of the show. He's the owner of the Dynasty, the one, the only, Chris Envy. What's going on, man? How you doing? What's up, Travis? How you? I'm I'm hanging in there. You know, we finally uh, we're finally sitting down to do this podcast. We've been talking about it for feels like a while now, but uh, yeah, you know, man. I feel like you got a lot to uh, a lot to talk about. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think I agree. we're gonna have a good show here. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, first, uh, first episode. I really want to dive into um, basically the dynasty. You know where it started, the beginning. Um, take. Okay. Let's let's go all the way back. Before when when did the idea of the dynasty even come about? Oh man! All right, so. I guess we got to go back to like 2006. Um, I was still an active wrestler and I was traveling with um, my best friend, Tom Ugly. And we were doing some good shows, you know, some, some packed houses. And for us at the time, 2006 packed house was like 200 people. Um, we were also doing some shows, you know, Jersey, Vermont, where there's 15, 20, 30 people there. Um, so we kind of, but some of the wrestlers on the shit shows were still amazing and the matches were great, but nobody ever got to see them. You know, nobody right. records anything. There's no lighting. There's no entrance. You're walking through a, a, a ripped up garbage bag, you know, like yeah, over the entrance. The presentation's here. not there. Right. Right. So there's good things on the big shows, but some of the wrestling sucked or you're not getting paid because the big stars are getting paid, but you want to be in front of all those people. And then the shit shows where the good wrestling is, the production sucks, so nobody wants to go to that show. So we got to a point where we're like, why don't we just do our own? We know enough people. We know enough people to put on a good show. We know what works, what doesn't work. Let's just try and do it. So we decided we were going to do our own show. We tried looking for buildings. He ended up finding us a, uh, an outdoor show at a firehouse in Kooksaki. So now, was that was that um, we because it's fundraiser. was that because it's it was like tough to find you know when you're first starting out I'm sure it had to be tough to like really find the venues and stuff like that did you run into any so, like roadblocks or obstacles with that stuff we really didn't um he kind of pitched the idea to the fire department that he was like a, a volunteer at uh, DM Hamilton fire company he kind of pitched the idea um about doing a fundraiser for them because he thought we could do it in the bay. Um, when I saw the bay, I was like, it won't work. Right. So it was kind of like he just found the building and we're like, you know, F it. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. 
So we didn't run into any roadblocks because we didn't do it the right way. We didn't do it legally. We weren't looking for gyms. We didn't have a license. We didn't have insurance. Yeah. We knew someone that would rent us a ring. We knew wrestlers that would come in for cheap, that would good give a good show. And he's like, in his hometown, he can sell to anybody. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Hi, Ken. Got to run in. By my four-year-old. <laughs> There you go. All right, now go finish your movie. I'll let you talk a little bit. Blue and red. Blue and red what? No, I don't want to do colors on the light, kid. Why? Because, go, go. <laughs> yeah, I like the white light. <clears throat> so we tried to just bring good wrestlers and do it the right way. Music hit on time, professional referees, um, but it's outdoors, so we didn't have lighting. Right. Our entrance was kind of cool. Um, we had our logo put on the garage door. So when we started the show, the garage door rose, and underneath that was fabric hanging down. So it kind of almost like our entrance came out of the ground. That's pretty sick. Dope. Now, did you have anybody um, like we had... working with you that had experience in running the shows? Because you were just working so on it, right? The... You didn't have any experience before doing it. Yeah, man, we, we went into it blind. Um, we knew what we liked and what we didn't like, but that was the extent of it. We had no idea. We knew, you know, how long matches should go. Um, we know how long we wanted the show to go, about two to three hours. With an intermission, we had nothing to sell. I mean, they had concessions, but we had no shirts or anything. Right. Um, we didn't really give the matches times. It was kind of like a free-for-all, to be honest. Um, it was not our best showing. There was a locust infestation in, during intermission. Um, our speakers blew during intermission. Uh, oh, no. Like everything that could go wrong did go yeah. wrong. Yeah. But it was a great time. I, I made the classic mistake of putting myself in the main event of a show that you're booking. Right. Um, we put the title on Tom. Uh, yeah, it was not. Now, that wasn't not a good show, but. That wasn't branded as Dynasty, right? No, that was uh, under a different name. Um, it was the Extreme Wrestling Alliance, August 11th, 2007. Okay. Now, what, what happened with the Extreme Wrestling Alliance that you didn't keep going forward with that? So, we we did, uh, we had a good showing. We had a lot of people there. We made some money, actually. We paid everybody. Um, we raised quite a bit of money for the Hamilton um, Steamer Company. Overall, considering expenses and what we did at the time it was a successful show i mean we all left with money in our pocket had a good time you know excited to do another show which is really what you want you don't want to lose your ass Oh, absolutely um so we started looking at doing another show that was august um we had a building we were going to run in october and then uh probably a couple weeks after the first show I started getting calls and I got a letter from the New York state athletic commission telling me that running a show without a license is a misdemeanor. Oof. And if I continued <laughs> to do it, I would be fined $500. I would be blocked from getting a license for a year and I would have to go to court and pay all these fines. So we're like, maybe we shouldn't do it. Yeah, no, that's, that doesn't sound like a fun time. Um, we had a poster. We, we had other people that were ready to jump on. They're like, all right, yeah, I had a good time. Everybody got paid. Some people got paid more because we right. made more. Uh, we were excited, but it definitely gave us the bug. Like, oh yeah, this, there's something here. Right. 
So now after so after that happened, um how how did the dynasty really the name, the the concept, how how did that come about? Alright, so this is the tough part of the journey, one of the t- toughest parts of the journey. Um shortly after we realized we weren't gonna be able to do the other show, um Tom took his own life. So I was like, everything that I had given and put into this show was equaled with Tom. Like he, he lit my fire. He gave me the motivation. If I had an idea, he would put his spin on it and make it so much better. He was honestly the brainchild of, I would do the professional idea, like to keep it marketable and selling, but he would put his little flavor to it to make it everything so much better. So when, when he took his own life, it fucking crushed me, man. Like I was lost or I stopped going to work. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I pretty much lost my identity. Like as me, as a wrestler, he was my biggest rival. He was my biggest supporter. He was my road dog. We traveled together. He was my best friend. Yeah. So I was done. Like the wrestling putting on show. I mean, I I still wrestled, but it, it was a while before I got back. Um, but I didn't want to run shows. Tom and I ran that show. That was us. And then uh, my daughter, Brooklyn, who was like my right-hand man through all of it. And she helped set up the ring. She would help us load the U-Haul. She would sell merch by herself. And she's like 14, 15 years old. Yeah. Um, But she was in, she was gung ho. And she's like, once I started getting back into the shows, she saw all of the stuff from the first show. And she's like, you know, you got to run another show, right? Like, no, I'm done. I'm not running any shows. That was our thing. I can't do that by myself. You have to, you have to do at least one for Tom. You can't let all that hard work you guys put in just die. So I was like, all right, we're living out in house. She was right by the way, the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Literally at the footstep of how caverns, if you've been to how caverns, you're driving up that hill, that red house over on the left-hand side. We were living there. So she's like, you got to do one more. Like, man, I don't know. I don't even know where I'd run a show. We're out in the middle of nowhere. Do people even care? Do people remember who I am? You know, like it's kind of an ego battle. Oh yeah. We had a good showing the first time. I don't know if we can replicate that without Tom. He was in his hometown. He, he sold all the tickets. I sold like 20 tickets. I was working as a manager at Walmart. People paid for tickets. They didn't even show up. Wow. So I was like, all right, well, thanks for supporting the cause. Right. Um, so we started looking around and we found this really nice gym called uh, Maranatha Fitness Center in Richmondville, New York. And uh, I pitched it to the owner and she was like, well, you got to talk to my guy. I think it was one of her sons. And he talked with his brother. I think I thought they might not have been brothers. I don't know. But two guys that were there and they were super gung ho, like super like, yeah, absolutely. We can pack we could pack it and they needed it because we live in the middle of nowhere. There's, there's nothing there. There's no draw. There's no entertainment where we live other than going underground in the caves or tipping cows. (laughs) (laughs) So we talked, we worked some stuff out with them. Uh, I talked to Furio Falcone, who was really one of my closest wrestling friends and uh, Fenner's fortune again, you know, part of the, they're like my brothers in wrestling. And they knew uh, Renee 
and Renee knew names. And I had my boss at the time was willing to bring in Tony Atlas. So I was like, fuck, dude, we already got a name on the show. Yeah. No idea how vendoring works or bringing names in and how you collect the money from, and neither did right, you were kind of learning on the fly. This is how much he needs. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, we got a price from Tony Atlas, called him up. He gave us a price. I told my boss, he's like, yeah, I got it. I didn't know how everything worked after that. I figured you're paying to bring the guy in. My boss didn't know that he had to sit there and take pictures and take the money from the autographs and everything. So as Tony's doing this, there's no handler. Right. So he's just pocketing the money. And uh, Renee reached out to uh, Bobby Lashley, who is before his TNA run. Right. So that so was had, um, what what time frame on that? What year was that? This is 2013. Okay. August 24th. So that was that was after his WWE run. He was right. Yeah, right. So that, that's a big name. Yep. It, right. I mean, at the time, people were like, "Oh, yeah," because he hadn't really accomplished anything. He wasn't the Bobby Lashley we know now. Right. Um, but he had still been WWE. So for me, this is going to be huge. Now this is going to come off wrong, and I'm sorry. I'm probably going to offend people, but hey, that's, <laughs> that's what we're going to do here. That's okay. Now. Um. It might not have been the best idea to bring in two African-American people to the upstate New York area. Um, there's a lot of country boys up here, uh, a lot of Trump flags flying, and it just some of the stuff that was being said by the fans wasn't stuff that anybody should have to listen to or hear. Exactly. So in retrospect i wish i had and and you know i apologize to those two too because they were class acts the whole yeah. time um but i didn't think of that i didn't think of it until after the fact when we heard the things and we saw the way the crowd was treating and that that's unfortunate because you know you're you're not only spending the money but you're, you're bringing in names that you know that you want you know you want to entertain people like you're bringing these guys in for their entertainment you know yeah. and right to right. just turn and shit on somebody, and they especially put on a hell of a show. Yeah, and to that extent, it's that, on that's... YouTube. You can watch all the matches. Tony Atlas was the guest referee of the women's match. And for those of you guys who read the dirt sheets, you know his fascination with feet. Yeah, that's the only reason we did it. And we will, uh, we will go ahead and, and put that match up on the Envy Me uh, YouTube channel. It's at Envy Me Podcast on YouTube. Uh, so we'll make sure we get that thrown up there as well, so you guys can go check that out. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, Tony was willing to put on a match, but we were like, this guy's like 100. I don't think these guys want to see it. And we we had a little more idea of how we were going to structure the show. Um, but Tony was a great dude all around. Um, Bobby, I can't say enough good things about him. I've, I've um, heard that. He, he seems like now. a class act. Huge star. Um, but we lost our ass on that show. We didn't have as many people. We still had over 200 people paid. Um, but what I didn't know is the venue had paid to set up a table at the local sunshine fair or whatever it is. And what the fuck where we live. Mm -hmm. um, so they paid, I don't know, two, $300 for the table so they could be a vendor. They didn't have tickets to sell. They were just handing out flyers just like, and selling the gym, Yeah. but they took the money from our tickets to pay for that. Um, they put an ad in one of the local papers and they took ticket money and paid for that. Oh, wow. So, I mean, there were, Matt Taven, he was on the show. Um, he was 
awesome. Veda Scott was on the show, phenomenal talent. We agreed to pay these people X amount of money. I kid you not, I just paid Matt Taven last month. Really? And only because <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, sh- <laughs> I shared something and he's like, hey, don't you still owe me money? I was like, oh, fuck, dude, my bad. So I was like, oh, what's no. your PayPal? Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully, you know, later. If, if Dynasty ever ran again, we're, we're in good, his good graces and he'll come back. Right. Oh, that'd be nice. I mean, I, I owed Matt Taven $75. So. Yeah. It took me nine years to pay him. But... <laughs> hey, he got his money, though. He got his $75. Not that I'm, I'm sure he's he doesn't need it now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's hurting for it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was a good show overall. Like we, we had a monster truck outside. We had bounce houses outside. We had, you know, we had shirts to sell. It was much better. Um, we rented a ring. Um, I think we rented somebody's license. So we, we tried to do things the right way this time around. So we didn't get our peepee slapped. So no, um, explain that to me because that is all new to me. And I'm sure everybody else listening so you're able to rent somebody's license to run a show? Um, <laughs> no, no, you're not supposed to. <laughs> Listen, I, was gonna, I, was, I, I was have like, a goal. You rented the license. <laughs> <laughs> um, we actually rented it for the first three years we were running. Oh wow! We rented from somebody up north. Uh, it cost us six hundred bucks a show, but we didn't have to have a license at the time. I mean, uh, we didn't have to have a doctor. Um. We didn't have to have an ambulance. Uh, We didn't pay the insurance. So we just paid the license. He took care of everything else. Yeah. So for anybody listening to run in New York, you got to have a doctor. You have to have an ambulance. There's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. That's a pain in the ass. Million dollar liability insurance, $20,000 surety bond. And at the time, the reason we didn't get our own license, I was... Um, living paycheck to paycheck. My credit sucked. I did everything with cash, so I didn't have any credit. So when you get a surety bond for 20 grand, it's based on your credit. For me to get a license, New York State costs 450, 450 bucks for the license. $20,000 surety bond, but you go through a bondsman like if you're being arrested, and it's based on your credit. So that would have cost me $3,000 just for the bond. Then you need your million dollar liability insurance, which is five to seven hundred dollars a show. And if you're running ten shows a month, it's another five grand. So you're looking at twenty thousand dollars to run. I ain't got twenty thousand right. dollars. <laughs> so six hundred bucks a show, rent a U-Haul, rent somebody's ring, all the day. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. Now you had um Let's see, there there was quite a few, there were some names on here that I've never heard of. There was some that I've heard, uh, looks like there was a singles match between Gabriel Soul and Fox Vineyard. I've heard of Fox because I've been to some Dynasty shows and I've seen him wrestle. <laughs> Hell of a character. Uh, Gabe Soul. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe's a great dude, probably a better dude than a wrestler, um, but he is a good entertaining wrestler. Um he had a good look. He had uh, he wore like the white contacts, so he just looked different. Yeah. About the same size as Fox, so we thought it'd be like, you know, uh, slobber knocker. These guys can both go in the ring. They can move. They're hard hitting. Yeah. Um, 
I can't say enough things about how Fox is in the ring. He's super good. He takes care of you. Um, so it was a good match. Solid, solid match. Fox wasn't the Fox you know now with the stupid neon and glitter. I was going to say, um, that. that's that's the guy that I've seen. That's the guy I've seen wrestle. And, right, right. Yeah. Well, if you've been to a couple different Dynasty shows, you might have seen a couple <laughs> different Fox vineyards because he doesn't know who he is. Yet. Constantly evolving. But in the ring, the... the yeah, yeah. I don't know if it evolve or devolve. I don't know. <laughs> um, Fox, fuck you. I hate you in the face. <laughs> now we got. Um, let's see. Let's keep running through this. It looks like Shane Alden Alden, sorry, defeats Vince Alden, Beach. Yeah. That name sounds so that familiar. Match, that... <laughs> Shane Alden owns uh, World of Hurt Wrestling. Okay. They used to run all the time in Whitehall. They run a lot in Vermont now. Super nice dude. He's actually become a producer, um, not wrestling, like actual short oh, films. Wow. Um, he's, he's done a lot of really good things. Uh, I feel like every time I look at Facebook, him and his wife are in Florida again, <laughs> Disney. Um, yeah, but he's a good dude. That match, Vince Beach was their champion. Um, Vince Beach is kind of like a, um, a lifeguard. I feel like uh, uh, did he that, was he a trainer for the other XWA? Yeah, that's yeah. I, I that's where I met is. him. I was say I knew his. He yep, sounded yep. familiar. He's a good dude too. Um, he, he was a hard ass at first. <laughs> he yeah he is he takes it seriously yeah. though. Um, he for me from my personal opinion he's kind of like a throwback to like the 80s like the the overselling and and dramatic and comedy mm-hmm. style of wrestling which i'm personally not a fan of um i did end up working him once at world of hurt and the dude was super professional in the ring gave me everything i wanted um called a great match so super good i'm just not a fan of that style um <clears throat> that match actually got me blackballed from world of hurt even though Shane owns the company. Okay. okay Let, so. Let's, let's dive into that. <laughs> what happened there? So it's our show. We don't have a championship, right? We don't have a champion. We don't have a belt. I don't have that kind of money. Belts are thousand dollars, yeah. $2,000, whatever. So I reach out to Shane who I'm on good terms with. We wrestled together in Vermont. We've had a couple matches together. I was like, dude, you want to, put the world of hurt championship on this show. Like you can face your champion just to give a match out there. So if you don't want the title to change hands, don't, I'm just giving you guys an opportunity to showcase your talent because Tom and I both, we didn't want any heat with the other companies. We want dynasty to be like the place where your champion can come and that guy's champion can come and your tag champs can fight these guys. And if you don't want the championship to look bad, then tell us and we won't have it change hands. We can easily make a non-finish, but let's showcase these other companies so people who may not know you're even out there. Like you didn't you knew Shane Alden, but you didn't know World exactly. of Hurt. You know, so how many how many other people don't know about you, especially where we're running these shows? We're not in your area. So he's like, Yeah, man, absolutely. I reached out to Jeff Starr, who I thought was kind of like a the booker there. He was okay with it because he's also on the show. Obviously, Vince is okay with it. He's the champ. He's not losing the title. So he's on the show. The only one that had a problem with it was Dave Danger. So when I started advertising a World of Hurt show on Facebook, like, hey, guys, come to this show. He's like, I don't know why you're advertising it. You're not booked. 
What do you mean I'm not booked? I've been on the last couple shows. Yeah, well, you put our championship on your show and you didn't ask me. <laughs> what? I asked three other people. You got to ask everybody. I honestly think the owner was in the match. He was butthurt that he wasn't. <laughs> right, right. But I, I maybe he was part owner yeah. too. I don't know how their logistics work. I honestly feel like it was an ego thing. Like he just wasn't booked on right. the show. And not that we didn't want him. I mean, sure, you're a big dude. You've been around. You're good. But I didn't know how to contact him. We're not Facebook friends or MySpace at the time. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I worked one rumble for them two years two years ago, and uh, that was the only other time I've worked. I've been there since. Well, it looks like it's too uh, bad too because they had packed houses, man. It looks like you got your ass kicked by Ricky Martinez on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Explain like as the owner, Booker, uh, you know, whatever term you want to use. Yeah. Wrestling on the shows, you know, being the owner and a wrestler, logistically, how how does that all you know play out? It's got to be tough. Bro, it's it's the worst, man. I don't know how people do it to themselves. I'm too much of a perfectionist. Like, I need to know every single detail that's happening before me is hitting its right. mark. So if I'm not out there watching your match, I can't critique you or see what I have to do better on the next show. That's the time that I'm supposed to be back there calling my match. Yeah. So if I'm watching your match, I can't call my match with Ricky. Um. You know, it just wasn't, I don't like, so very rarely did I ever wrestle on dynasty shows unless it was like a good story. Right. Um, I never wanted to be the face of dynasty. So I wanted to wrestle, but as I started to put shows together, I saw how much work goes into that side of it, so, which is honestly why I stepped away from wrestling as in in ring performer, because I can only do one or the other. I can either go to the gym and sell myself and be the asshole I want to be, or I can try and grow this company and make a name for itself where people can go and wrestle. If I'm the asshole on social media, people aren't going to want right. to go to my shows. You know what I mean? Like there's no payoff. They're going to be like, fuck that guy. I'm going somewhere else. So yeah, Ricky kicked my ass. I didn't want to put the shine on myself. Yeah. You know, like we did that the first show. We put ourselves in the main event. That's probably 30 minutes long. It was horrible. Um, I actually ended up with a, a broken neck and herniated vertebrae. That was on that, that show. Um, so <laughs> the oh, first wow. one. Yeah. The second one was actually a dynasty show. So you, you, you broke we'll get your to neck that some other time. Holy shit. Yep. <laughs> Which is the only reason right. I'm not still doing it. Well, because I mean, once I thought I was done running Dynasty, let's go back in the ring, full speed. But I'm I'm saying the the new thing is, uh, you know, even with the all the neck injuries, people are coming back. So you know, that's true. But for their money, I would come back <laughs> for independent wrestling money. Never say never. Maybe not. All right. So we also had Bobby Lashley. Now, I, yeah. Even at that time, that's a big name. Was he was he expensive right. to get at that time? Um, I don't know how. Well, fuck it. I don't know what we're supposed to say. I don't know what etiquette is in wrestling. Sorry. Um, I did not pay for him. 
Renee paid for him. I know the price. Um, she did not make her money back on autographs and pictures at that show. <laughs> um, no, he wasn't that expensive. He was a, a very fair price. If he were that price right now, <laughs> I don't think you could get very many AEW guys yeah. at, at the price we got Bobby Lashley. I don't think anybody's getting Bobby Lashley now. <laughs> Even after WWE, <laughs> his stock has gone up. That's true. That's true. But now, yeah, getting somebody deal. like him on your your first like real dynasty show, do you right. feel like that actually helped going forward, or did it make much of a difference? So for me, that show was kind of like a the bar a high, like right right up right up front. It does. It does. But we lost right. money. So to me, that show was still a yeah. failure. Um, the matches were great. I I enjoyed it. Um, I think the fans did. They were pretty hot. Uh, huge venue. It didn't look full. But um, our video guy made it look pretty full. Yeah. <laughs> you know, know, as you know more than anyone, that's it, an art. It's all about the way you shoot it. Um. So I don't know, man, like that show, I felt the show itself went well, but it didn't really, Bobby had been out of the game for a while. Nobody seemed to give a shit. Tony Atlas was there. Um, I mean, you know, Tony Atlas used to come to Hooters and watch (laughs) pay-per-views. So it's not like a huge draw. I mean, again, I'm not trying to shit on him. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the generations before me. I'm just, I'm a straight shooter. I call it how I see it. Exactly. So, yes, Bobby's huge. You would think it's only the sky's the limit from there. But we didn't have enough money to pay all of our talent what we said we were going to pay them. So how can I see that as a win? We don't have a ton of money to put into the next show to bring in the next guy. Renee didn't make her money back, so she's not super excited about bringing in another expensive guy. So I was like, "Eh, I don't know when we're going to run another one of these. It was just frustrating because it it should have been huge. Absolutely. Now, was he wasn't? Well, I'm not sure because I, I wasn't too uh, privy on the independent scene back then. Was he doing a lot of shows? And I didn't even know he did anything besides signings. Right. Renee threw out a couple different names. Uh, another one was Chris Masters, um, right around the same price range, but he was still hot. Like he was still yeah. gas to the gills. Um, but I think he was busy that weekend or something. And she threw out Bobby's name, and I was like, yeah. hell yeah, get Bobby. Yeah. That dude's a specimen. Um, yeah, he was I – th- I don't even think he was doing MMA yet. I was going to so say, I really feel like it was around that time animation. when he started that. Right. It was a little before he went back to TNA. So when he did go back, we were like, hey, that's our yeah. guy. You know, like when I saw that he signed and when I saw that he won the title, like I'm texting him like, hey, man, great job. Congratulations. <laughs> never received that text no guess not we uh we we had mpg against him who was i mean not as cut but the dude is a powerhouse i have never heard that name so fill me in on who he is <laughs> that that is new to me so mpg um uh <laughs> mike nice was his uh his face name MPG was his heel name. I uh, Tom and I used to work with him at a Serta warehouse in Kutsaki, and he was leaving Serta to go to Ohio Valley Wrestling. 
Um, so when he found out that we were wrestling, we started talking a little bit and became friends. And I'm not sure where I saw him going into the show, but at some point we had reconnected and he told me what he had, you know, he'd be where he'd gone to train and gone through and, and seminars and everything else. The dude put in work. I mean, he's like six, four, 260 pounds, long hair. He wore a mask. The dude was a monster. So I was like, yo, it's a no brainer. Put him against Lashley. And they went out in one of the smash mouth type matches. It, it was so good. It was a good match. He's a good dude too. Like I've tried to reach out to him a few times. Like, Hey man, how about a comeback? I tried to get him on the uh, reunion show and he was kind of teasing me with it. Like, I'll let you know on this day. And he just didn't want to yeah. take a risk with the contest coming up. Speaking of the reunion show, because when he commits to something, it's a hundred, it was a hell of a turnout. So we'll, we'll, we will touch on that at some point at some point. <laughs> so right. that, uh, that's going to we'll pretty there. much wrap up, uh, talking about the initial start of dynasty leading into the first show that you guys did. I mean, like I said, you started hot, you're bringing in Bobby Lashley. And I mean, I can't wait to hear yeah. where you went from there. So we will, uh, we may not touch on that next week, but we will get to that. We will, we will tell the story of dynasty throughout this podcast. There's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot, probably more downs than ups in my wrestling, but there's a lot, there's a lot. to talk Absolutely. About. Make sure you follow us on, on Facebook and TikTok at envy me podcast. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find us. Envy me, a Dynasty Podcast. Go follow. Uh, make sure to subscribe. Are you on Audible? What happened? Are you on Audible? I don't know. Amazon. I, we, I believe we are. Well, we, if we're not, I we believe, should be. If not, I will. Uh, I, listen to. I will make that happen. <laughs> but make sure you guys go and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars because we deserve it. Even if we don't, we love it. So uh, head on over yeah, there, leave us a nice review, and that's all we got for you guys this week. We will be back the following week with something new. Don't know yet, but we're going to get something for you guys. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> that's it. Right there. On the fly. <laughs>